and welcome to episode 24 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. Wow. You... I was <laughs> but I couldn't hold back the laughter. <laughs> uh, this is a podcast where two nerdy guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee. And then we sit down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of our favorite comic books. The coffee we'll be brewing today is called Lost Alps. Lost Alps? I'm saying that right, right? Okay. It's roasted by Monogram Coffee <laughs> Roasters. And the comics we'll be discussing today are Batman 51 and 52. And we'll also be talking about Fantastic Four number one. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. Uh, we hope you like what you, you know, what you hear. <laughs> and uh, if you're a regular listener, we thank you for uh, sticking around with us uh, and sticking around the show. Uh, we really appreciate that. If you like this show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And alongside we're hitting that subscribe button, if you got a few minutes to spare, please leave us a review and a rating. And make sure to tell your friends about the podcast. So, before we go brew that coffee, Victor, how was your week? Been? I don't know how you could jumble that up. Like you literally say the same thing every. What are you week. talking about? What jumble what up? <laughs> okay, Jerry. <laughs> it's been a pretty tame week for me this week. Uh huh. I've been uh, trying to catch up on shows once again. Okay. Uh, not working out too well. Uh, I've been trying to catch up on uh, Lethal Weapon on Netflix. All right. I made it like maybe an episode or two in so like really like I'm pretty close I'm only like two episodes behind or two seasons behind sorry um, <laughs> I've been also only, yeah. I've been also trying to um, well not catch well yeah I'm trying to catch up on Kimmy Schmidt as well right because I'm I'm maybe two episodes into the third season okay and All right. uh, I think the f- they're slated for a fourth release pretty soon so yeah you know what I haven't been able to get myself to get into though Luke Cage. Really? Season two. I haven't started season two. I haven't started either, but I can't bring myself to start it for some reason. Yeah, me neither. Like, I'm just you, not feeling the hype, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, because... Which if there was no hype around season two. Like, it just came out. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel that's the same thing with Jessica Jones. Like, there wasn't... Yeah. Like, that first season leading up to The Defenders, like, all the first seasons of their show was pretty good, right? Uh, and then after the defenders, it's kind of like I just like I'm not looking forward to it. After it's because they're done. I feel like they did what they set out to do. Yeah. But then at the end of that, like at the end of it, Daredevil is now in like a different city. Yeah. See, like, Daredevil is one that I'm looking that forward, forward to. to. Season three, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, but the other shows, I feel like it's just now they're just continuing their own thing. Yeah. But. That there's just I don't know how like in Jessica Jones like I don't know how you can build a villain that's better than a villain that can literally control her yeah right and then in in Luke Cage it was like this it's more of the same in Luke Cage because you can't you can't bring in a villain that goes beyond their skill set you know what I mean yeah like you can't bring in dark side to fight Luke Cage like yeah. that's not a fair <laughs> yeah. fight you know what I mean because he's very much he's very much a ground level hero yeah right so if you bring anybody that comes in with just immense powers yeah then it doesn't it's not a Luke Cage show anymore no right it works for Defenders yeah but it doesn't really work for Luke Cage so I don't know I don't know what they were gonna do I don't know we'll I was see. actually kind of disappointed with the way they dealt with um, 
Well, what was his face? What was his name? The uh, the first villain from Luke Cage, not Diamondback, the other guy. Um. See, I only remember Diamondback because he oh. was such a he was such an interesting character. <laughs> See, I, I was I felt the opposite. I didn't care about Diamondback. Really? I cared about the first guy. I only remember his nickname, Cottonmouth. We'll just call him Cottonmouth. All right, yeah, okay. Luke Luke Cage's half brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Diamondback. Is that Diamondback? His half brother is Diamondback. See, that's how that's how much I'm not looking forward to this season. Is that I don't even remember the first <laughs> season. Yeah, that first season is I liked it up until they offed him. And yeah. then they brought Diamondback. Uh, Shade. On. That was his name. Shade. No, no, Shade is the other guy. Is the other guy? Oh. Yeah. Oh, um, the one that uh the first guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot his name, but because well he died like so early on. Yeah. So I don't know, man. But I don't know, just not you know, looking forward to it. I think the reason why, season. and as unfair it is as it is for me to say this, I just don't care about B list heroes. Yeah. Like as as unfair because you know, like Every hero deserves to have their story told. Yeah, but but aside from like the big blockbuster heroes, I just don't care, and I think that's sort of the problem. And the re- and the reason why I think I care about Daredevil so much is because he's he's kind of up there, Daredevil, yeah. right? Yeah. But every every other hero is sort of like it's they're pretty obscure for yeah. the most part. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And like I don't know that that whole thing was really interesting about Harlem, but then. Once they got rid of Cottonmouth, I was like, what's, what's even the point? Like, for me, Luke Cage shouldn't go up against, like, Luke Cage shouldn't go up against superpower people. Luke Cage should be going up against guys like Cottonmouth. Yeah. Where they have just control of the city. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's, who's very much deep in the system. Yeah. You know, and he's trying to uproot them. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what like, I was Like, very much in. like what, what Black Lightning did in season one. Is, I have watched that It's very much what Luke Cage was in season one. Oh yeah. Same thing. Like Black Lightning, like they were they were trying to uproot a, a criminal organization that, that was like way deep in the government. So it was a very similar storyline in that sense. And I think that's why I enjoyed season one of Black Lightning. Okay. But again I gotta check that out actually I haven't watched that at all. So Yeah, well when you get the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well anyways, what have you been up to Jerry? <laughs> I feel like this is a long one discussion about, <laughs> about Marvel. Marvel <laughs> Netflix. Um, I, the the last few days I've been actually feeling uh, a little under the weather. Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, yeah, my voice is a little deeper it's a than deeper, normal. A little, a little sensual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps you should just be sick all the time. Uh, oh, but, well. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, I've been kind of feeling under the weather. So this week, I should been watching some TV shows, playing some video games, uh, trying to catch up on Dragon Ball, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I just got past the arc, the universe uh, six and seven tournament. Yeah, the yeah. six and seven tournament. Hit is an interesting character. Hit is probably like probably the third strongest fighter, fourth like, strongest fighter in all of Dragon Ball. In all of in in all of Universe Six. Oh, okay. Yeah, because then I mean you'll you'll see it later on. I mean, you've already seen these characters by playing the card game and Dokkan Battle, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I would, I would like say, Kale and yeah, I would say like Kale and Khalifa are up there. Yeah, like they're. I would say Kale is one, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then Khalifa would be two, and then I would say, ah, uh, you know what? I would actually say Hit is like the second strongest fighter. Now that I, now that I've thought about it, I would say I would say it goes Kale and then Hit and then Khalifa. Okay. 
and then everybody else <laughs> <laughs> and all the other guys like Kaba Kaba is like a like a strong fourth <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I've been um, just been catching up on that and uh, playing <clears throat> playing some uh, Dragon Ball Fighters mm-hmm. that's fun I started playing uh, some more UFC mm-hmm. that's pretty fun too yeah. now I'm uh, now I've caught the uh, now I've caught division titles in two divisions now nice now you gotta go for a third one but I don't know if in the career mode if they're gonna write that in like if they're gonna let you go for a third one you usually can only challenge upwards like you can't really challenge down you just gotta gain more weight cause that's kind of bullying so yeah. you just gotta gain more weight <laughs> you gotta fight well, yeah I'm a lightweight now you're a lightweight so that I challenged took Walter. Walter I took, so I took Walter Walter I think is middleweight I, there's no way I can go challenge middleweight I'm already outclassed when I go to Welter like yeah, I was fighting player. Robbie Lawler and the guy's huge but you got compared the title. to my guy but you got the title so it's fine yeah no I should just I should, I should go for three if you they should, let you me should, you should just do it like I mean what's there to lose <laughs> you already have two titles <laughs> though I think like if you try and defend three titles at the same time like that would be pretty tough well because you're constantly juggling because you're just way, fighting right? yeah you're yeah. just constantly fighting I think that's why like in real life they most two, two guys just go for two well only two guys have ever gotten two titles in UFC as far as I know Conor McGregor and uh, GSP Oh yeah, okay. I'm trying to think. In, who in else. all of UFC history, <laughs> at the same time, yes. Yeah. Yeah, holding at the holding same at time. Holding at the same yeah, time. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Only just two guys. Yeah, yeah. That's as far true. as I know, anyway. Yeah. But, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but so it's been a pretty, but, you know, it's been a pretty video game and TV film nah, week. Well, I mean, so. if you're sick, you're sick, right? I mean, yeah. that's just how it is. It's one of those weeks. But at least you got to enjoy some video games. That's yeah, that's true. The only video game I'm still playing is Don't Cat Battle. <laughs> <laughs> that anniversary is actually uh, it's ending soon. By the time this airs, by the time you hear this, listeners, the event will be done. The third anniversary event will be done. So and then the Turles banner will be up. Yeah, but that's not as significant. It's the movie so, boss category. Like yeah, it's, but it's like a brand new category comes out with it. But I feel like with the with the anniversary, we got to tell our readers, like, but listeners rather, that like, hey, go check out the anniversary stuff. Yeah. But with a banner, which is like, ah, uh, okay, well, fair enough. So yes, listeners, by the time this airs, Steve will be done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, why don't we go brew that coffee? We'll come back and talk about the coffee and, Let's and do the comics. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's coffee time. It's, uh, it's coffee time. Okay. Okay. And we'll go to our coffee segment where we try one of the coffees that are set into us and have it accompany us throughout our comics discussion. Okay. Well. During the segment, we'll be trying to identify all of the different fragrance and flavor notes and see how well we did compared to the notes provided to us. Today, we have a coffee from Antiquia. Antioquia. Wow, I am butchering that name <laughs> so bad. I apologize. Columbia called Los Alps, and it's been roasted by monogram coffee roasters here in Cambridge, Ontario. So just like uh, like an hour like west. Something like that. Something like that. I think so. I'm not very good at geography. So... Well, that's a given. So as uh, <clears throat> wow, <laughs> so as per usual, Jerry, why don't you uh, start us off with a, a little bit of a uh, of a sniff, sniff. That's if I can even uh, see if I can even smell it. Uh, you'll figure it out. Taste, smell it through your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can hear the smells. <laughs> okay, getting a little bit of um. A little bit of caramel. Okay. Wrapped around apples. So caramel apple. Well, I, I thought about the opposite for a second. I was like, how are you wrapping apple around caramel? 
caramel apple, something like that. Uh, a little bit of sweetness, a little bit, uh, a little bit of Christmas to it, but mm-hmm. um, and a l- see if it's not caramel. If it's not caramel, I'm gonna go with something like a chocolate. Okay. Right, but because of the apple, I'm leaning closer to the caramel. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you okay. give it a try, Victor? I will. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Apple. Yes. Nice. All right. Like, uh, like a maybe like a gala apple. Okay. Maybe like a honey crisp. Okay. Not quite a uh, Fuji? Granny Smith or a Fuji. Okay. And I am getting chocolate as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> like a chocolate like a apple. like a milkier chocolate. Actually, yeah, yeah. Now that you mentioned that, not yeah. not the usual dark chocolate that we're even getting. No. Yeah. No. Why don't you go for uh, go for that taste test? Take a All little right. sip, Jerry. Take a little sip. Wow, that is different. That is different from what we've been smelling. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, there's a bit. I think the apple is still there. Yes. I am now leaning closer to chocolate. Okay. Than I did caramel, and there's something there. I can't get my, can't grasp it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. There's something there, but it's something unusual. Something that we normally don't have. Wood chips. You know. Now that you mention that, <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> something a little. It's got a little oakiness to it, actually, but yeah, it, I don't know. It's it's tough to it's tough to figure this one out, Victor. Hmm. Why don't you give it a try? I will. Okay. Hmm. I still feel like apples there. Right. Yeah. Definitely chocolate. Hmm. Like a darker chocolate now, though. Yeah. But there's that, there's that third thing. And actually, when you mentioned wood chips, I was actually a little, it like triggered something in me. Like I feel like that could kind of be it, but obviously it's not wood chips. But it's something something, oaky. Maybe something more herbally. Yeah. What's out there? What's out there that's kind of herbally, kind of oaky? Um. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. Listeners, we put this on you. Let us know. <laughs> well, by the time they let us know, we would have already well, guessed it. Well, they can pause it. But yeah, you pa- know what? Go, go. Um, we're we're going to leave these notes for you right now. How, how would that even work? They can't even and, taste uh, it. Huh? They can't taste the coffee. No, how just would that based, work? On, based on a description of the taste. That makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, listeners, forget it. Forget, Just guess. For, forget that. No. Guess an oaky thing. Guess, oh my gosh! And then see if you get it. I don't know. We'll see. All right, go for one more sip. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe like a star fruit or something like that. I don't know. I don't know if it would be a fruit. There's something. a little sourness to it too. Yeah, because yeah, the star yeah. fruit is sour and it's not so sweet. I feel like the star fruit is like a bit of an earthier fruit. But okay. 
but you want to just do the reveal and yeah. see okay because we're just gonna be <laughs> bust our heads here all day yes let's do it reveal shows what do we got Vic cocoa nibs which is you know chocolate chocolate dried figs okay and blackcurrant <clears throat> yeah some say <laughs> I mean, we weren't winners, but we weren't losers. complete losers. <laughs> I think, like, I feel like we need to get better at this. I feel like these past couple of weeks we have not been good, like at all, <laughs> at all, at these like, coffee segments. So I think we need to. I don't know what it is. Like, is it? I think we need to bring back that Gatorade, Gatorade taste test. <laughs> <laughs> we need to just bring back our friend to teach us how yeah to, honestly teach us how to taste these things yeah but uh overall there like was a sorry no sorry bye bye is it overall it's not a bad coffee no not at all not at all i like, like it like quite enjoyed it yeah but uh do you know what it is there was a period of time there was like a streak where we were, we were getting something every week mm-hmm. and we got something right yeah and these last few weeks has just been I don't know. Maybe it's our taste buds. Maybe. Maybe we need to have some ginger. Some uh, some refresher. Some sorbet. Some, yeah. As we're drinking? No, so before. So make it like a coffee, like a float? No, that's gross. You do, it, <laughs> yeah. do it before. Anyways, I'm taking my coffee and I'm going to leave you here. And then I'm going to go talk about comics somewhere else. It's, this is this we. It's the same room. We talk about it in the same room. It's comics time. <laughs> <laughs> and we're at the comic segment, and we are indeed back in the same room as the previous segment. We are. We are. And in this segment, <laughs> what we do is we talk about some comics that are either old or new. Most of the time, it's new. And uh, we talk about some of our favorite comics, and we break them down, we discuss them, we analyze them, and then we discuss them in you know, in a way that uh, you know, hopefully, brings different themes and ideas from the book to light. To be fair, up to this point, it's been all the time new. Well, <laughs> except for the except for Swamp Thing, like that was like the one time. I think so. Yeah, Swamp Thing was like the one time. And... Even then, that was like relatively new. Yeah. So we talk about new comics. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this week, our first book we're going to be talking about is Fantastic Four, number one. And uh, this is is Marvel's sort of new Fantastic Four series. It's sort of been in this lull of of short runs since the end of, I guess, Hickman's run. And um, and I guess Matt Fraction took a took it over for a little bit too but I, I think the Fantastic Four story kind of reached this peak at Secret War uh, I was gonna say because right after Secret War there was just no hype around Fantastic Four exactly I also think like part of that too is because um because of Fox releasing their last rendition of the Fantastic Four movie mm-hmm. and I think Marvel's way of boycotting it was just not to write any Fantastic Four yeah, books. Yeah, that 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 was a theory going around too. That yeah. they, in order for them to try to get those rights back, they would just kind of stop writing them. Yeah, right? so to kill the hype around it, right? I but, mean, also to be fair, like 
Marvel didn't need to do that. That movie pretty much bombed on its own. So <laughs> it did its it did its own demise. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but you know the family is back and the Fantastic Four is back, which is great news because I know that you know on the stands everybody do miss the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. as you know mm-hmm. as a comic and uh, people do long for it. So I remember um, my first uh, my first ever Fantastic Four comic was uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four issue one. Oh, you the, went. You jumped in from the ultimate side. The ultimate side, yeah. Okay, all right. That was uh, that was so long ago. Yeah, that was that was quite that was, a bit ago. That was probably close to, maybe a little bit more than a decade ago. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. That was when the Ultimates was really, was really taken over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. The Ultimate Universe was good. Um, so Fantastic Four number one, uh, it's written by Dan Slott with art by Sarah Pacelli on pencil and Elisabetta D'Amico on inks. Uh, Marty Garcia on colors and letters done by Joe Caramagna. So, what did you think of this first issue back? This is first issue by Dan Slott after he wrapped up his run yeah. on Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did you what did you think of this first? I thought it was a very emotionally enticing issue. Like uh, Dan wrote in a way where. Um, uh, both uh, Ben and, and Johnny, Johnny mm-hmm. seemed very human. Yeah, right. They just they didn't write. He didn't write them in a way where they were just so over the top that they were they weren't relatable. Like what they were going through, anybody can relate to. Yes, right. And I think that's what made this issue so good was because it didn't revolve around something gigantic and convoluted right it didn't revolve around at least not at this point anyway it didn't revolve like around a huge storyline just yet it simply just focused in on what johnny and ben were going through um with the with the absence of uh uh, sue and richard yeah uh reed richard sorry um and um i think i was really captured by by their emotional displays yeah and and it was that's what made this issue a, a particular page turner for me right um but what about you what did what did you feel about the issue i i liked it i liked it a yeah. lot and um and just a quick side note a spoiler warning i know we have to throw this out there every oh. day oh, whatever. every time you know. <laughs> uh, because of the nature of the show there are going to be spoilers. We're going to be talking about some plot points. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, be warned. Go read the book first if you haven't. It is a fantastic read. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, my. I didn't, it took I, me like a second to process that, too. I caught that last second after I read <laughs> Go read it. It's great. <laughs> and then uh, and then come back and listen to the, uh, listen to the podcast. So, uh, what I thought of it, it's... I think it's great. I think it's... I think if for an issue that didn't feature the family in its entirety. In, yeah. Yeah. Like for an issue that didn't feature the family getting back together. Yeah. I think it showed the bond of the emotional bond of that family very yeah. well. Yeah. Um Ben had always been the you know, the character that like because he is physically um not the same. Yeah, compared to the other members, mm-hmm. right? He he got out of that incident just not being the same. Mm-hmm. So he has always been a character that is looking for that human interaction. Mm-hmm. So 
with him in this story finally being with somebody who truly can understand him and truly understands that you know that family comes first Mm -hmm. and that she's willing to be there with him you know during this time when they're hoping for Sue and Reed to come back Mm -hmm. for him it, it allowed him to move past not just not so much move past but like move forward from not just the Fantastic Four family but Mm -hmm. to be able to move into a territory of his own Mm -hmm. for his family Mm -hmm. right and I think this issue displayed sort of this um, this this opposite sides of the spectrum of the spectrum between how you would react uh, between Ben and Johnny Mm -hmm. Uh, they're both taking it because the something happens in the story uh, a bunch of kids got the flare gun and fired off the flare gun to yeah. signal the foot of Fantastic Four, right? Mm-hmm. And they both reacted to it in very different ways, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. we have Ben that right when he sees it, he knows it's not true, yeah, right? Because they, they wouldn't put this... Like, truthfully, I think he understands that they wouldn't put the signal out to come see them. They would just go see them, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you you have Ben struggling with the fact that you know maybe it is just time to move on like this isn't real but then you know but then uh, what was her name Alicia yes yeah so she was there to sort of tell him be like no never lose never lose hope never mm-hmm. give up hope mm-hmm. and that sort of keeps him going right mm-hmm. and helping him see from a different perspective yeah then you have Johnny just flying through the city be like oh man this is it mm-hmm. like we're back and he sort of blinded from that emotion and he's moving towards this thing and then finds out and now he's just you know ultra disappointed yeah um, and also ultra upset like he wanted those kids like tried as adults yeah I was like yeah. bro come on man <laughs> come on Johnny come on you're better than that <laughs> um, but yeah he wanted them tried as adults and Ben coming in with the voice of reason be like they're just kids they're just kids doing kids thing yeah because truthfully I, I think everybody wants the Fantastic Four back everybody wants that hope and optimism back. Yeah. Right? And it's been missing and, and it's it's talking, I think, and I think in Dan Slot isn't just talking about these characters. Dan Slot is kind of channeling the readers mm-hmm. and as a creator him as a creator himself, channeling those emotions through these characters. Yeah. Like it's not just the Marvel U that's missing the characters I think everybody in the world <laughs> yeah. is missing those characters mm-hmm. and it would be great for them to come back mm-hmm. so from this issue that those emotions really got got strung up really well mm-hmm. and I think moving forward with those characters especially with Sue and Reed mm-hmm. once they find a way back mm-hmm. I think it's going to make a really great reunion I think so too you know? like issue two is going to be really good yeah, yeah. um what I particularly liked, you know, just like you said, like I, I they, they both sort of were dealing with it in a different way, right? Yeah. Like the way that Johnny was dealing with it, it really reminded me of. Um, do you remember that scene in Fresh Prince of Bel Air when um, when uh, Will was about to go on a trip with his dad, and then the guy and he canceled on him, <clears throat> yeah, and then he kind of just lost it, yeah, and, and the uncle was there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's what that reminded me of, right? Yeah. Like you could tell, like. Like Johnny was was doing all these things to try and distract himself from the fact that he was hurting, yeah. right? And felt then, abandoned, yeah. And then finally, 
when when uh, uh, Ben had asked him to be his bet the his best man at the wedding, mm-hmm. that's when he finally that's when all the walls broke down. Yeah, right. Um, but this was a a good issue in the sense of of them both moving on, right? Yeah. Um, because Ben had already ex- accepted that Sue and Reed were probably not coming back. So you could, like, he was sad for probably half the issue. Yeah. And then he finally realized, like, I have to move on, right? Mm-hmm. So then that's when he proposed to Alicia and when asked Johnny to be, be the best, best man, man, right? <clears throat> and then Johnny, as upset as he was, right at the end he 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 came to accept like that's it they're not coming back mm-hmm. and then in that moment when they had both accepted that that things were going to be different that's when uh, Sue and Reed put up the signal for the Fantastic Four yeah right and yeah. I think <clears throat> I think that's a good whether it was intentional or not I think it was a good analogy for when you don't get hung up in life good things come to you yes right and for them that was the best thing that could they could ever ask for mm-hmm. right so I think that uh, that particular development between those two was was really really good in this issue yeah I think so you got to see them reach a high you get to see them reach a low and yeah. you get to see them reach acceptance yeah and I think that that was really well done in this you know in yeah. that issue yeah and uh, and I think it's the the quick little interaction between Reed and Sue at the end mm-hmm. those are the type of like little interactions that really make you believe in this family right mm-hmm. and where he basically asked her like you know, do you do you believe in me? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, and that is why I do the impossible. Mm-hmm. And it's it is just such a simple thing. Mm-hmm. But I think Dan Dan Slott does a really good job understanding these characters. Mm-hmm. And I think he really like I'm really excited for the series because mm-hmm. he really knows how to write the characters. Mm-hmm. And before he's had a chance to dabble with them too, and he's had a really good sort of he's worked really well with these characters before that I think he can get those dialogues right yeah you know yeah um and I think part of that too is just the fact that you you can draw these emotions from real life experience because they're so simple Mm -hmm. right like these are emotions like I said earlier that everybody can relate to and has experienced right like we all have somebody Um, that we believe in and we all have people that believe in us at least I hope anyway right yeah and um, you know and and we've all lost somebody and we've all moved on in life from something right right so I think that's what makes this story so good not only because these emotions were in play but because he, he wrote it in a way where it was like those particular emotions were really well balanced like it wasn't too sad like it wasn't too it wasn't too upbeat like it was somewhere in the middle and truthfully that's how life is yeah right exactly. so i think this was a a good mirror to how us as readers would have reacted in, 
more or less in, in a similar situation. Yeah. Right. Just like you said, the, 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 these, he wrote it in a way where it was a good reflection, right. And, and channeling the readers and displaying and really putting those emotions on display. Yeah, for right? sure. For sure. So yeah, like, I, I miss having the Fantastic Four around. Mm-hmm. Like I miss having that book around. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's a good opportunity for Dan Slott to, to really explore aspects of the Fantastic Four that you may not have seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a really good job on Spider-Man. Like yeah. there was the whole, um, there was the whole superior Spider-Man saga mm-hmm. that happened mm-hmm. with uh, Doc Ock taking over. Mm-hmm. That was something that just you you never seen before, and yeah. that worked out so well, right? Mm-hmm. And then he did, um, basically started the whole uh, Parker Enterprise thing, mm-hmm. right? And Peter Parker, you know, sort of became this global symbol, yeah. right? So th- those are things that you don't normally see with those characters, and I think he has just sort of a great, just yeah, like a great <laughs> opportunity here with Fantastic Four to take them sort of beyond what they're sort of comfortable in mm-hmm. and I think he has a great chance to to really write good stories especially stories. now that the um, <clears throat> that the uh, ultimate universe and the 616 are amalgamated right so like there's definitely more more s- stories that he can work with within the universe yes that can really that can really draw out this particular writing style that he's going for in this in this storyline yeah for sure so I, I really enjoyed it it was it was a great read and um i definitely want to see how this is going to carry over in issue two and onwards yeah yeah for sure it'll be it'll be great to see um so yeah it did any parting thoughts on fantastic four loved it loved it bottom line loved it uh one of the better comics that i've read as of late because uh, you know we go through a lot of comics right like we read so many especially since we started this show yeah right yeah for sure and uh it's it's always not that we read books that we don't enjoy because i think we've enjoyed like 99 percent of the books that we've read yeah right but yeah. we i i i enjoyed this on a personal level as well and i yes. think that's what made it enjoyable for me yes and it's yeah, it's one of those books that speak to you as a person, mm-hmm. right? It's one of those books that really break through sort of the barriers of a comic book, and it right. and it brings your own life experiences and lets you relate to them, mm-hmm. you know. And that's mm-hmm. what's so good about these characters, right? Yeah, you know, with, especially with the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But I sound like I'm dying on this <laughs> podcast right now. Well, to, I mean, to be fair, like I'm 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 clearing my throat quite a bit too. So I mean. Listeners, I think I can apologize on both our behalves for making all these random noises. <laughs> yeah, I would like while to apologize. Recording. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, that doesn't turn you off too much, and I promise we'll both not be, be not be sick for not sick. The, 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 I'm the usually episode. pretty good. It's usually over within a few days, so by next episode, I should be fine. Yeah, but the, <laughs> earlier the episode, I sneezed. And since then. <laughs> It's just my notion. Yeah, just that, <laughs> just, that, it's that been, one yeah, catalyst. That one catalyst just set everything off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on to talk about Batman. Yeah. Um, so from issue fifty, when mm-hmm. we did the big wedding issue, yeah, uh, we've been sort of catching up on some of the uh, some of the other books as well, and we want to give Batman its due because we we do really enjoy Batman's storytelling. Yeah. 
So Batman 51 and 52 had already happened. Um, and by the time you're listening to this, uh, this week, actually, Batman 53 is coming out. So we didn't want to fall too far behind on Batman. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be doing 51 and 52 at the same time this yeah. week. Uh, because we do feel like a lot of the story connects well, between it's a, 51 and 52. It's a very seamless transition between 51 and 52. Obviously, because yeah. it's the same story, right? Yeah. Um, so I I think we can talk about 51 and 52 as if it were a, as one it single one unit, big yeah. issue. Yeah. yeah. And I think what 51 and 52 does really well is it mirrors two sides of an argument. Mm-hmm. And we know it's going to all come to a head on 53 uh, with regards to what's going to happen in that court but yeah. I think 51 and 52 is a really is a really good analogy between two sides of a coin yeah and and I think that's what Tom King's really trying to go for here so mm-hmm. Batman is written by Tom King uh, art by Lee Weeks colors by Elizabeth Braitwazer and letters by Clayton Cowles mm-hmm. so uh, in this sort of I guess mini arc this uh, this arc mm-hmm. basically Batman uh, right after the right after the disappointment that happened in 50 and I'm not talking about a disappointment in our sense I actually really liked 50 I think disappointment is a is a very light word <laughs> yeah. for what happened to Bruce Wayne <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, the disappointment coming from Bruce Wayne not from us I, I actually really like the issue yeah, yeah. I love that issue but after he comes off of that that whole ordeal, mm-hmm. he um, there's something that happened. So basically, three girls got murdered, mm-hmm. and at first they didn't find anything that connects. Batman shows up, and Batman finds that uh, all three of these characters had their brain temperatures lowered, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he he then sort of connects that to Mister Freeze. Mm-hmm. So he goes after Mister Freeze. But he's kind of a different animal now. Like Batman is a different animal, like different he, beast. He's very much um, riding off of his emotions. I think. Yeah, like it's he seems like I'm trying to find like a different version of Batman that I can sort of relate this to. More unhinged. He's more of like he's more of a Thomas Wayne Batman now. Yes. He's more like his yeah more like in the Batman and the Flashpoint storyline. Yeah, line. more unhinged, more ruthless. <laughs> mm-hmm more straightforward with what he's trying to get done yeah so he goes and he just beats the heck out of Mr. Freeze (laughs) and he basically beats a confession out of him yeah right so the idea here is Mr. Freeze is on trial Mm -hmm. and Bruce Wayne has been called to jury duty Mm -hmm. so Bruce Wayne is in jury duty Uh, so currently Nightwing or Dick Grayson is uh is taking over as Batman mm-hmm. in the city, and there are actually some really fun interactions that happen. Yeah, in some of those panels where mm-hmm. uh, he basically, while he's fighting Croc, I'm pretty sure he called Bruce. He called Bruce while he was he, talking. He called about Bruce, it. right? Yeah, he was fighting Croc. He's like, "Oh, hey, man, it's Dick. Uh, just want to let you know everything's fine." And as he's wrestling yeah. with Croc, and he's like, "Yeah, everything's fine. Um, you know, just want to see how things are." Yeah, it, but it, that also goes <laughs> to show like how elevated they are as superheroes in comparison to how they would have been perceived like 15 years ago yeah right you know what i mean like because now that now that dick grayson as nightwing and batman have been put into like just bigger and bigger and bigger justice league Mm storylines 
like guys like Croc are really like they're no problem for them now at this yeah. point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So I mean, I, yeah. Again, it was yeah. funny, but it also just goes to show like they're more like a nuisance now. Yeah, like yeah. like just that power creep from them is like it's so <laughs> insane. <laughs> it's like Goku randomly going Super Saiyan Blue. <laughs> yeah, like Batman's gone beyond Super Saiyan Blue now. He's Ultra Instinct, but he's still <laughs> he's still fighting guys like Cell Jr. Yeah. <laughs> so in this issue, um, well, I guess we'll, we we can talk about fifty one and fifty two as a whole. I guess. As, yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, we can't get into fifty two without fifty one. So yeah, it's yeah. like it's one huge storyline. Yeah. So in the story, um, Bruce Wayne. Gets called to jury duty. Yeah. And he's basically trying, like, he's part of the trial to of put Mr. Freeze Mr. behind bars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it's got a very uh, 12 Angry Men feel mm-hmm. because basically the evidence is shown and they're saying that uh, the coroners didn't see it, mm-hmm. but then Batman showed up and, and saw it. Mm-hmm. And that was questioned as well but because of Batman's image to Gotham yeah. and what Batman means to the people of Gotham nobody else questions it exactly nobody's questioning it even if people wanted to question it they're just like nah you know what forget it it's Batman he's right Yeah. so they go and they sit in this jury room and everybody's trying to vote on you know whether or not he's guilty mm-hmm. and Bruce Wayne at the very end votes you know at the end of 51 votes not guilty mm-hmm um, so that sort of kicks off this sort of detective thing that Bruce Wayne goes through to try to figure out whether or not, you know, Victor is guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victor Freeze. Mm-hmm. So not me, not you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, what did you what did you think of that? What did you think of that little revelation at the end of Fifty One? I think at that point, I, Bruce Wayne knew he messed up. Yeah, and I think because of that. He, I think he found a way to purposely put himself on that jury duty. Okay. I think that's my theory because he knows he messed up and now it's up to him as Bruce Wayne to try and, and rectify the, the situation. Right. Because here's the thing, like Batman is a, is a figure that stands for justice and that means justice for everybody, mm-hmm. right? So, if he had put Mister Freeze behind bars, would that have served some sort of justice? Yeah, sure. Like, you know, uh, somebody would have been held accountable for the murder of those three women, mm-hmm. right? But it wouldn't have been the right person, from what I gather, anyway. And it definitely wouldn't have served. Mr. Freeze justice. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what really bothered Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Yeah. Right. So I think he found a way to get himself on the jury and that way he can sort of present his case for Mr. Freeze. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, truthfully, like it was designed in a way where, and of course this is now Batman acting against himself, right? Because him as Batman made it completely foolproof that Mr. Freeze couldn't get away from this. Yeah. But now he's trying to rectify the situation and now he has to go against the foolproof evidence that he 
himself him, that he presented himself as batman exactly yeah so i thought that that was i kind of saw that coming uh but it was still it was still a bit of a shock nonetheless yeah yeah for sure you know what i mean and for me once the reveal happened and once he once he sort of voted not guilty mm-hmm. that i think for me is the kickoff point where he's trying to discredit Batman. Yeah. Because from so from issue 50 and that whole build up to issue 50. Um the whole idea has been that Gotham can't be without Batman. Mm-hmm. So in order for Bruce Wayne like in in order for for Batman to exist, Bruce Wayne can't. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Wayne has to sort of take the fall in order for Batman to continue to watch over the city. Mhm. I think he's he's at this point now in his life where he's questioning whether or not he even wants to be Batman because as Bruce Wayne, he wants to be happy. Mm-hmm. And there were points in there where he talked about how as Batman, he's he's had his happiest days mm-hmm. and then something happened and everything gets taken away from you, mm-hmm. right? Whether he's talking about if he's been happy in those happier days and those joyful days mm-hmm. as Batman mm-hmm. or he's experiencing it as Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. is for himself to know. Mm-hmm. And I think in this particular moment when he says that Mr. Freeze is not guilty, it's him saying Batman has flaws. Mm-hmm. Maybe the city shouldn't put so much faith into him. Mm-hmm. And maybe the city is better well served by somebody else who's not masked by these emotions. Yeah. Yeah. For Bruce Wayne, or actually rather for Batman, he's he's built on this. He he's sort of built on this foundation of tragedy, mm-hmm. right? So that he can serve the city, and and for the city to not feel the type of pain he's been through. Mm-hmm. With Dick Grayson now running around as Batman, in in place of him. Dick Grayson is brought up also with a similar tragedy, but mm-hmm. he's he's brought up with much more optimism for the city. Yeah. Right? So I think he's finding, you know, and we might we might see some of that play out where it'll show that Dick Grayson might be the better protector of Gotham. At the moment, anyway. Exactly. And I think Bruce Wayne wants to move in that direction. So Bruce Wayne himself can separate from that identity and mm-hmm. become sort of this character that 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 can live on his own that can live and and not be you know and not be riddled with those with that guilt mm-hmm. there was a particular moment um in uh, in 52 where he says where he's basically breaking down why the coroners miss it and why the evidence wasn't there before but it is now mm-hmm. and he's basically saying and he got upset and he basically slammed the table he's like why did the Gotham City Police Department, why did they miss it? Mm-hmm. Why is it up to Batman to find it? Mm-hmm. You know, why is it that Batman can find it and they can't? Mm-hmm. And it's him basically, I think, sort of him lashing out at the fact that why can't the city do it? Why does it have to be me? Mm-hmm. You know, why can't I just go live my life and mm-hmm. depend and let the city do its job? Yeah, and if the city can't, and and it's up to Batman to find that evidence, and it's up to Batman to figure it out, mm-hmm. then he can never be Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. and he can never be who he's trying to become, mm-hmm. right? So, for me, this is still very much connected to the fallout of Fifty. It's him 
trying to understand what it is that makes the city trust Batman. Yeah. And and he's trying to deconstruct it. And mm-hmm. he's trying to deconstruct those notions from the city so that he can separate himself from it. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a... I mean, again, I, I hate... It's sort of cliche to say this, but I mean, it's such a tragic story with, with Bruce Wayne and Batman because before Catwoman came along, he had already sort of reconciled both identities with at that particular time yeah you know what i mean like he was okay balancing uh both bruce wayne and batman as identities Mm -hmm. and then of course selena comes along stands him up and then that that really changes everything once again yeah right um so now because this is not the first time he's sort of wrestled with you know between both identities yeah right uh, far from the far from the first time yeah um so now we're sort of seeing uh, you know the similar situation play out again and it's just sad it's sad to watch mm-hmm. it's sad to read because he deserves to obviously be bruce wayne and be happy yeah and he also deserves to be batman and to go out and fight fight crime and 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 serve justice and (laughs) and it's just unfortunate for him at this moment that he doesn't think that he can be both at the same time because before he could exactly and 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 now with the fallout of 50 like he just can't Mm -hmm. right and and that just goes to show how much of an impact that particular issue is going to have on him not just in these two issues and the next one uh, but obviously, with all the all of his stories moving forward within this particular universe, right? Yeah, for sure. And within within Tom King's run, for sure, because Tom yeah. King had said that he planned his run to be a hundred issues. Yeah, yeah, right. So I think what happened in fifty happened at the right time. Yeah, right, because it's basically building a character to a high mm-hmm. and now you're watching him get deconstructed and then building him back up and again. then building him back up mm-hmm. later on right and mm-hmm. without that happening you don't get this you don't get this sort of dissection of of Batman yeah and of Bruce Wayne as characters mm-hmm. because if, if he just if the wedding goes through and then he's happy and everything's if, fine then it's all the same then it's all the same yeah but like not in the sense that it's all the same like it's been done before but it's all the same as in just the, like the not, status quo yeah all, nothing you know? changes about the character except the fact that he's just married now exactly exactly and I think the question goes deeper as you know as we explored in the in that episode for 50 mm-hmm. the question goes deeper about whether or not he deserves to be happy as whether or not he can and mm-hmm. whether or not he can allow himself to be happy mm-hmm. and in this issue it's you know, in these two issues, actually, especially in Fifty Two, when he was breaking it down, mm-hmm. he he wants to be, but he really can't because the city, because of these things happening, and the city's not catching it, he he can't allow himself to become Bruce Wayne, and yeah. he has to just continuously serve the city, serve Gotham, and try to be Batman. Yeah. The the particular panels where 
he's just he's basically just wailing on Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. You can see the emotion, you can see the pain that he's going through. Yeah. And it's the same pain that he was talking about with the scream, with the thing happening in Crime Alley. Yeah, with his parents. Exactly. It's the exact same, yeah. Exactly. And then he's just he's in so much pain. Yeah. Because of these things happening to him. And Mr. Freeze has to go, does something, and then now he has to clean up the mess. Mm-hmm. And he has to be the one that figures it out, and mm-hmm. he has to go and clean up that mess. Mm-hmm. And I think for him, I, I feel like he's just kind of had enough. Yeah. Right? Why couldn't? Why can't the villains just leave it be? Mm-hmm. They know they're going to be defeated. Because he talks about, too, that it's just it constantly just becomes a fist fight. Mm-hmm. Like he'll, he'll just go up to Mr. Freeze and be like, oh, you did it. He'll go up to Mr. Freeze, just punch him a few times, and it's over. Mm-hmm. And... And obviously, then at that point, he talks about how, like, you know, the guilty run, right? Because they know what's going to happen. But he's now trying to, in this particular case, he's trying to discredit himself. Because I think he sees the city now as a part of society, as a part of that justice system. Mm -hmm. And he stepped into the jury room and he sees that people aren't questioning the methods. Mm -hmm. People just take it at face value. Yeah, Batman could literally do anything. And they would just take it. And they would just take it. Yeah. He could plant evidence and they would just accept it. Yeah. And I think that's when he truly saw it's like, no, let's use logic here. Let's try to figure this out. Yeah. Because I don't actually think he's guilty. Mm -hmm. And if he can prove that, then he can discredit Batman. Mm -hmm. And if he can discredit Batman, he can then separate himself from that image. Now, the question I want to propose is, did, did Batman believe that Mr. Freeze was not guilty when he was lashing out at him. I don't know. Because at what point did he realize he kind of messed up? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because even for Batman, like, that was brutal. Yeah. Even for Batman, that was a brutal beating. And, like, yeah, anybody, I would have confessed at that point (laughs) if he was beating me up that bad. Exactly, yeah. So, and, and like, Bruce Wayne knows. Batman knows. Like, you can't, you can't take a confession that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like all the other times that Batman has gotten a confession from somebody, yeah, he used a he used a particular tactic or method, but it was never it was never brutal. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it was a different kind of fear. Right? Now this this fear that he elicited from from Mr. Freeze, like that's that's a different kind of fear. Yeah, and I think that, um, and I think that even as a reader, that didn't sit well with me. Yes, right. Like it yeah. didn't sit well with me at all. Like that, this is, that's how he got his answer. Yeah, then yeah. it just wasn't the Batman way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's why. And I know I said it multiple times, but that's why Batman and Bruce Wayne is trying to discredit himself. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and I think the idea has always been, um, you you fear. You fear the bat. You mm-hmm. fear the symbol, mm-hmm. right? You you fear what it symbolizes. Mm-hmm. So over here, the fear that Mr. Freeze showed was not the fear of the bat as a symbol. Mm-hmm. It was the fear of that man. Yeah. Where the man comes and beats you up mm-hmm. to a point where you have to confess. Yeah. And I think that part, that sort of evolution of fear is what's not sitting well. Yeah. With with readers and it's not sitting well yeah. with Bruce Wayne as well. Because it was almost 
it was almost tyrannical. Yes. Like, it was, it was just so, I can't even put it into words. Like, yeah. it was just so brutal. And you're absolutely right. Like, you fear, you fear the bat as a symbol and what it stands for, right? You know when the bat is coming, it's for justice. Mm-hmm. It's for the better of society. And it's because you know you're doing something really bad. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, if you just fear, if you fear Batman because you fear for your own life, mm-hmm. like, that's different. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, nobody has ever feared Batman because they fear for their life. Yeah. It's because they don't want to get put away. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But if you fear for your own life, like, that's, that you're really pushing the limit there. Exactly. And and I think that, yeah, that just doesn't sit well with anybody. Yeah. And Bruce Wayne acknowledges that, right? Yeah. In the part where he's just saying, like, he at that point was basically fearing for his life. So he mm-hmm. would just say, he would say anything to get out of that fear. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and I think that's what's done so well here. It's really pushing Batman to the limit of what he actually stands for. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, truthfully, like, even that crime was would have been pretty random for even Mr. Freeze to do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not something that, um, it's not something that, that Freeze would have done just out of the blue, right? Of course, the, the motive makes sense mm-hmm. and all the evidence lined up, whatever the case was. Um, but it's just not something that Mr. Freeze would just go and randomly do. Yeah, yeah, Like, for it sure. just didn't make sense. And I, th- I think that that was part of uh, Bruce Wayne's realization as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, it was at that moment too like he also believes like you know maybe I should put some trust in the system as well mm-hmm. like I'm partial to blame too mm-hmm. so if we can prove that the evidence was planted after the coroner went through it mm-hmm. and that's how Batman found it mm-hmm. then the, the you know the justice system hasn't failed him yeah right and he can maybe try to move on mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah a lot a lot to be said about these two issues because I think it's 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 using the freeze situation and using just like a basic courtroom drama, mm-hmm. but it's setting up a lot of the struggles between his two different personas. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it highlights it really well. Yeah, right. Because now you have you have Batman as the identity who created the situation, mm-hmm. and then now you have Bruce Wayne as the civilian mm-hmm. who's trying to now make sense of the situation through the justice system yeah right and so you have one identity that that takes justice in his own hands and you have another identity that's trying to understand justice as a system yeah right and um yeah because he has always believed in putting away bad guys yeah and let the system deal with them yeah but he's, I think, for the first time realizing that the system... system sucks. Yeah, because the system is just Batman. Yeah. They all just believe in Batman. Yeah. So really, he is the system. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where he's finding that it's gone wrong. Yeah. Because he made a mistake and nobody cared. Yeah. yeah. Like, nobody cared that Mr. Freeze was going to get put away exactly. for however yeah. long. Yeah. Right? And, like, that's not how justice works. Justice needs to be equal for everybody Mm -hmm. right and in this particular case like it just it was just too one-sided yeah yeah for sure like nobody cared about questioning the evidence even Mm -hmm. though there was only like 
there was only three key things really, right? Like it was, it was um, uh, Mr. Freeze's confession. Yeah. Uh, the the um, autopsy information from Batman, mm-hmm. and um, there was one other, or maybe it was just those two particular things. No, there were three things that, yeah. that were very specific. Uh, yeah, the three deceased. The three deceased women with a lower brain temperature. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, the confession. Yeah. And there's one more thing. No, it's the uh, the suit and the gun. Ah, yeah, because yeah, they, that they broke the parole, the so they assumed that he was going to go do something bad. Yeah, they broke parole. And then the third was just straight up his confession. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Bruce Wayne questioned it by saying, like... It's great that these things are here, but what are the contexts for these things? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, if I was just if I was just punching you for no like seemingly for no reason, and then somebody comes and arrests me, and then they just go, yeah, like he punched this guy, and then I just get put away for that. Mm-hmm. Like that would be insane. Like there's no context for what was happening. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like it's it's part of the justice system's job to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this person is guilty Mm -hmm. right and simply just accepting whatever is laid out in front of you is just not it's just not proving without beyond a reasonable doubt yeah that's just not how it works and for them it's just like there's no doubt around Batman yeah Batman is justice Mm -hmm. right so for them it has come to a point where, truthfully, Batman could do anything he wants. Mm-hmm. He could start his own crime syndicate, mm-hmm. and no one will stop him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it is a it is kind of a disturbing fact to look at from this side, right? Knowing what we know now about these two issues, mm-hmm. it's kind of disturbing. Yeah, because that this city has gone to that point mm-hmm. where they they don't even believe in their own system, mm-hmm. right? And maybe part of the part of the thing as well is maybe Bruce Wayne feels like Batman has done him some level of injustice and disservice, mm-hmm. right? Because again, we'll we'll go back to issue fifty. Catwoman fell in love with Batman, mm-hmm. not Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. but it was Bruce Wayne that wanted to be happy. Mm-hmm. So he is not happy because of Batman. <clears throat> yeah. Right? So, I mean, yeah, it's very, very meta now that I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very meta, but I, I feel like that's, this is the kind of conversation that, that Tom was, was trying to, to evoke, to evoke yeah. uh, through, through the cold days uh, storyline. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, I, I can't wait to see the next issue because oh, yeah. I, Bruce Wayne at the end of 52 said mm-hmm. he can prove it. Yeah. He can prove that he made a mistake. And he you're, can prove that. And Batman you're just sitting here like, well, how is he going to prove it? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, how are you going to prove Batman wrong? How, how are you going to prove it without revealing that you're Batman? Exactly. Like, that's. And, like, yeah, you know what? That, that thought, it, that thought crossed my mind. Yeah. That there was going to be a revelation that he's yeah. Batman. And I don't know. I, I don't know where could this you, is Could you imagine go. he just goes in the courtroom? I know uh, because I'm Batman. 
and then everyone's just like what <laughs> and he's just like okay see ya yeah. <laughs> and he walks out yeah that's it oh could you imagine like that the media storm that would cause yeah my and goodness it'd be just like when tony stark revealed he was iron man <laughs> <laughs> or when uh, spider-man revealed himself uh in civil war in civil war yeah yeah, yeah. but it's just under very different circumstances though well yeah, yeah of course yeah, yeah, yeah. the the registration act but yeah. <laughs> For this, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go, but uh, I'm really excited for the next issue because I really want to know how they're going to wrap this up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like it's going to go beyond the next issue, but um, I don't think it's... I think it'll go beyond, yeah. like, in terms of its idea, yeah. but I don't know. I think the the arc will wrap. Uh, there was a solicit for 54 where it was just... It's basically like the early adventures of Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... It, obviously the idea is going to continue to manifest right yeah. um, but whether or not it takes shape within this arc yeah is, is something different. the only reason why I say that is because if Bruce Wayne says he can prove it that that means somebody actually planted that evidence before uh, Batman could find it yes so now we're talking about leading into another another villain for the for the series mm-hmm Right, so that's why I'm saying this is gonna go beyond next issue. But I mean, it could just, it could just end with uh, Mister Freeze uh, being freed of all charges, and then chasing after the villain. <laughs> after that, it could <laughs> it very could well be, be that. It way. could yeah. be, yeah. but just based on the pattern of how Tom King has sort of wrote, has written this series as a whole right yeah. now, yeah, up to this point, mm-hmm. I don't think this is gonna be a straight up fisty cuff fight the villain type thing yeah because I I don't think he like he's not done deconstructing yeah so it's not gonna be a, it's not gonna be a villain showing up yeah it's gonna be something way deeper than that mm-hmm. you know so pretty excited about that maybe it's Batman planting evidence he actually planted see that's the, the thing and yeah. I feel like that might be the that might be where they go mm-hmm. and he just needed to take it out on somebody yeah. So he takes it out on freeze. There's too many theories right now. So there's many, yeah. too many theories. Too many. But yeah, definitely next issue. Like I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait for Wednesday to come. Yeah. I really can't wait for Wednesday to come any sooner. Yeah, 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 for sure, <laughs> for sure. And uh, and we're gonna <laughs> can't wait to cover that too because it's gonna be a great conversation. Oh, it's gonna be crazy. I think so. Um, yeah. So any uh, any parting thoughts you want to have on on Batman? Great job as always, Mr. King. Great job as always. <laughs> and the artwork from Lee Weeks is just oh yeah, phenomenal. Oh, 100, phenomenal, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Uh, it really shows that like the dark parts of it, the dark elements, all work really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just fantastic stuff. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that about wraps up the comics discussion. So why don't we go ahead and uh, head towards our offerings to Dark Side segment. Offerings to Dark Side. Actually, maybe you should have done that because your voice is so much deeper now. It, offerings to Dark Side. <laughs> that just sounds sensual. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and we're at the Offerings to Dark Side segment. In this segment, what we do is we take something from outside of the world of comics, from outside of the world of coffee. And it's something that we enjoy and we offer to you, our listeners, and uh, and we hope you enjoy it as well. This week, it is a little bit different uh, because we both had discovered this. Actually, Victor had discovered it first, got me on board, and now I'm just <laughs> now I'm just all in. And uh, so we're gonna offer a joint 
offering to Darkseid. We hope that it does not displease him. A little bit of a joint task force, JTF, the division. No, okay. Carry on. So we're gonna wow. offer. <laughs> you played the division so, too, man. I know, I know. <laughs> Way to throw me I'm under the mega bus. <laughs> I'm actually very excited about Division 2. It just kind of came out of nowhere, though. Because when you said Joint Task Force, I didn't r- recognize it right away. It's been a while. Um, so this week, we have a joint offering to Darkseid. And uh, the offering is a band called Our Last Night. And uh, the band is an American post-hardcore band. Uh, it was formed back in 2004. And uh, they're best known for their sort of post-hardcore and alternative metal renditions of popular songs and especially popular pop songs so good it's yeah it's (laughs) there's no words it's it's hard to describe the things they do it's it's good it's because like the way they cover songs like it's almost like they take it and then they turn it into something original yes right like it's it's something that's so like far enough detracted from the original song that it's got its own unique sound mm-hmm. but still recognizable but still recognizable and yeah. and if you enjoy the original chances are you'll you'll definitely enjoy their covers i think so i think so and there's just there's a few there's a few tracks where it's just the cover is so different from the original yeah. that the lyrics almost sound funny mm-hmm. but it's in such good music that you're just like wow you're blown away from it it's pretty cool yeah yeah like um the one cover they did with uh ha- habits by yeah by uh uh Tovlo. yeah like at that <laughs> there's at one point where the original lyric is like eat like binge eat all my twinkies <laughs> so when, when, I, when he said that i just it almost i almost had to chuckle yeah, almost yeah, yeah. but it was so it was so good I was just like oh you just you just have to you just forget about that and enjoy the rest of the song yeah exactly yeah my I think my chuckle moment was uh, in the song Be Humble oh <laughs> by Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar yeah. yeah 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 where he literally at one point just shouts like yeah. he screams I'm so sick and tired of the photoshop <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and that was just that whole that whole portion of it is just him screaming those lines, and I'm just yeah. like, "This is the this is the greatest thing ever." <laughs> I think my favorite uh, cover by them is actually the uh, the one eight six six song by uh, by Logic. Yeah, I think oh, that be- was really well be- done because that particular song worked so well as a as a as a rock song. I think so. It just works yeah. so well as a rock song, yeah. and I think they did a, a really good job of um, of really turning that into something of their own yeah they they turned it into their rendition of what would be i guess like late 90s early 2000 angst mm-hmm. right and i think a lot of that is missing from today mm-hmm. you know from today's music selection mm-hmm. and uh for them to bring for them to bring that type of emotion out you like with that lyric and with that setup mm-hmm. uh, i think it's really well done yeah like, for sure yeah. absolutely yeah yeah so absolutely we we think you should check out this band Uh, they're called Our Last Night Uh, you can find them on uh, iTunes actually and uh, I'm sure you can find them on Google Play and Spotify and stuff like that Uh, really really well done most importantly you can find them on YouTube 
But they have something that. like 1.5 million subscribers. So on YouTube, yeah, I'd even I'd even look at yeah. them on YouTube. They're videos. they're they're up there. So <laughs> good job to you guys. Yeah, honestly. yeah, 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 yeah. So check them out. You 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 won't regret it. Um, so I think that basically wraps up our offerings to dark side segment. So. We thank you for tuning in to this episode, and we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our discussion on Fantastic Four and on Batman. Uh, remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And please also remember to rate and leave us a review on iTunes if you have a little bit of time. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you have a book you want us to discuss, just email us at contact at darkrosecomics.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics and twitter.com slash utterlygeeky for myself and twitter.com slash victorjyoung for my co-host Victor. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics and we also have a Facebook page going at facebook.com slash darkrosecomics and if you want to be a part of the community, you can join our Facebook group at darkrosecomics group. And as always, take care. Prejudice always obscures the truth. Mm-hmm. That is a line from mm-hmm. 12 Angry Men. Mm-hmm. Just uh, felt appropriate. Okay, goodbye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>